You're listening to Scribblers Radio. You're listening to Scribblers Radio. You're listening to Scribblers Radio. Welcome to Scribblers Radio. Kids interviewing authors in the Conversation Caravan at Scribblers Festival 2019. This is Myra and Shantreya speaking with teacher, YouTube sensation and author of Woo's Wonderful World of Maths, Eddie Wu. Hello and welcome to Scribblers Festival 2019 Conversation Caravan. You're here with Shantreya and Myra and we have Eddie Wu from Sydney. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Hi. <laughs> um, so I was having a debate with my swimming squad actually um, and we were arguing if zero was a number or if it was a placeholder. So oh, what do you think it is? That's amazing. Okay, well... It's a really interesting question because I see why people would say, oh, it's not a number because it's like, yeah. how do you have zero of something? Like I can say I have 10 fingers. Like what would it mean to have zero? Like where, where is that number? In this real sense, uh, every single number out there can only be imagined. For example, I know what uh, three cows looks like. I yeah. know what it's like to hold three donuts in my hand. Uh, it feels really guilty, actually. I'm like, I'm about to eat three donuts. <laughs> um, but the number three, it's kind of this imagined idea. It doesn't exist anywhere that you can hold on to. And in that sense, I think zero is just like that. It is imagined, but no more imagined than anything else in the world. And if you thought about all of the numbers that you could ever imagine in a line. Yeah. Like, here's a hundred over here and here's a half. Zero would be right there. It would be halfway between 10 and negative 10. Like if you think about temperatures, for example. So I think zero is a real number. That's a really good point. <laughs> so you know pi? I do know pi. You like pies as food? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, how many numbers of pi can you remember? So I'm going to, some people are going to think, oh, he has no more credibility now because <laughs> I don't know many digits of pi at all. I could go up to three point. One, four, one, five, nine, two. I'm pretty sure the next one is six, but that's when I start to have like a question mark because for me, one of the things I want to emphasize as a mathematics teacher is mathematics is not all about memory. Like memory is handy. It's nice to memorize tables, but that's not the main thing. Mathematics is really about a way of thinking logically and being able to solve problems creatively. Memory is not the main uh, thing that you want to focus on. So that's why I don't have all that many digits of pi. (laughs) <laughs> um, what sport do you think requires the most maths? Oh, that's really interesting. Um, I certainly, I feel like nowadays every sport is way more full of mathematics than I ever realised. Like, for example, I remember watching the Australian Open earlier this year in oh, summer. Yeah. And um, as they were, we were watching the coverage, they, then they showed up this graph of like, 74% of Roger Federer's shots from behind the baseline land in this part of the court. And I was like, whoa, there is maths here that I didn't even realize is there. If I had to pick something out, I feel like it might be basketball. The reason I picked that is because um, I used to play basketball. I was not very good, but I did enjoy playing it. Uh, and nowadays, like I remember watching on, um, like I saw this ESPN live type thing, and they have these like graphics over the players. Every single player has a number over the top of their head. And the number is, what is their percentage chance of scoring a basket from where they are currently standing? And the number changes as they move around. And I'm like, whoa, this is really deep. So I think I have to pick out that. <laughs> Sorry, if you could go back to any age, what age would you go to and why? Oh, this is a really tough one. Um, in some ways, I kind of feel like I like the age that we're in right now. It's lovely. <laughs> it's I've got so many. I can I can eat chicken satay by walking down the street and getting to a really nearby good restaurant. 
Um, but if I had to pick one, one of my personal heroes is uh, a physicist named Richard Feynman. And what was great about him is he wasn't just smart. He was very smart. But his great thing was he could take a complicated idea and he could explain it in a really simple, elegant way. And that's kind of my job as a teacher, to communicate something tricky and make it so someone else can understand. I'd love to go back, not that far, just a little bit, so I could meet him and pick his brain. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What is your favourite equation and why? Ah, okay, so... How much time do you have? Um, I'll give you a short answer. My favourite <laughs> equation uh, is called Euler's Identity. Euler was a Swiss mathematician. And I'm going to say the equation to you. It's very short, um, but it's kind of weird. Here's how it starts. E, which you're like, wait a second. That's not even a number. Why is that in here? Um, e is a shorthand for a number roughly equal to 2.7. It's a special number to do with exponential growth. That's part of why it's called E. To the power of... I, and you're like, wait a second, we haven't had any numbers yet. What's going on? (laughs) E and I. I is a mathematician's name for the square root of negative one. Uh, Well, you know what the square root of, like, say, 16 is? It's the number you multiply itself to get 16. That's four. Uh, The number that you multiply by itself to get negative one is a bit weird and unusual, which is why we give it a special name. It's I. So E to the power of I multiplied by pi. That's the one we talked about before. If you add one to that, okay, e to the power of i pi, those are all such weird things. You expect you'd get a really weird result at the end. But e to the power of i pi plus one, it equals exactly zero. I called it, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that, that is what we call Euler's identity. And it's very deep and profound. And um, that's why it's my favorite equation. Wow. (laughs) So why did you want to be a teacher? I wanted to be a teacher, I think, when I was maybe 16 or 17 years old, um, when at school I realised that the thing I loved doing most at school was not learning any particular subject. It was having the opportunity to do like lots of extracurricular activities, but particularly those ones where I could help younger students learn something. So, for example, I was an army cadet, and um, one of the things we did is every year, like three or four times, we would go out on a, a long hike. Like, we'd travel we'd walk 50 kilometers over a couple of days and so you have to set up camp overnight and we as the older cadets would teach the younger cadets how to put up their tent or how to navigate through the hillside with just like a compass and things like that and I loved the opportunity to help people learn new things like I always found that such a satisfying thing when a a younger student would have like this moment of like Ah, and their eyes were wide <laughs> I was like, that's cool. I love doing that. And I realized if I could do that every day, that would be a really amazing privilege. And that's what I love to do as a teacher. Oh. Um, do you ever come across students that you like absolutely can't teach maths to? <laughs> or can't stand? Uh, <laughs> okay, so those are two different questions. Um, you know, one of the things that's trickiest about being a teacher is that uh, I teach, on average, every year, a normal high school teacher teaches about 150 students. And when you have 150 different personalities, some of them are going to be ones who it's easy for me to get along with because they're similar to me. But there's always going to be ones who it's like, my goodness, uh, if I had to choose, you and I would not be friends. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't have anything in common with you. But nonetheless, it is part of my job to understand this person and get to know them and be able to help them learn. That's what a teacher is supposed to do. So I've met many students for whom that is harder, takes more yeah. time, 
And uh, that doesn't mean, though, that it's not my responsibility still to try and learn that. It just takes me a little longer, and I kind of enjoy that as a challenge. When it's not easy, that means uh, I have to use all my creativity as a teacher to try and reach out to that person. Oh. <laughs> and for our last question, who's your role model? Oh, wow, who's my role model? Okay, um, this is really tricky because I have so many people who I can think of. Um, I'm going to call out someone who probably most people listening to this podcast haven't heard of, but I want to introduce you to her. Her name is Annabelle Chauncey, and uh, she and I went to university together at Sydney University. And she studied law when she was at university. But what she decided to do with her life is she went and volunteered in Africa to sort of help some very poor communities. And when she was there, she was really struck by how poor some of the education was for some of these children. She looked around and she saw in this particular part of Uganda, where she went to, in the middle of the day, all these kids were just wandering around. And she said, why Why are these kids wandering around? Why aren't they in school? And the locals, they all said, well, that's because there's no school here. There isn't a school within a 10-kilometer radius of where we are standing right now. So there's no school. They can't go to school. And she realized that's a terrible thing, something we don't really experience here in Australia. I should do something about it. And so 10 years ago, um, she founded a school in rural wow. Uganda. Yeah, amazing, right? I got to travel there last year um, to help her. She now educates a 1,000 students in this very remote area. And she, for me, is a huge role model. Um, she's so courageous and so determined in you know overcoming all these obstacles to help young people be educated. It's really amazing to me. Wow, that's so cool. She's brilliant. Well, that's all the time we have, unfortunately. But thank you for coming to Perth and being here. It's incredible <laughs> so. my pleasure thank you so much for having me here this interview was recorded in the conversation caravan at scribblers festival 2019 for more stories and info about the festival head to scribblersfestival.com.au you're listening to scribblers radio and if you aren't you should be which means you couldn't be hearing this in the first place so what am i talking about